Hey everybody and welcome to another episode of Magic with Zuby. My name is Zuby, and if you are brand new to this show, this show is all about a little well-known card game called Magic the Gathering. So, what are we talking about today? Uh, we are going to be having your questions answered. Uh, I've got a bunch of them, so we'll be doing that a little bit later. And then we're also going to be discussing the latest state of the beta from Magic Arena that just came out a couple days ago. And yeah, but before we get into that, uh, let's get a little bit of an ad out of the way. Uh, this show is brought to you by LegitMTG. LegitMTG.com is the best place to buy your Magic singles and sealed product. And any order over $2 or more has free shipping at LegitMTG.com. That's LegitMTG.com. And thank you so much for sponsoring this show. This show is coming up on four years in a couple months. And see, October, November, December, January, February in about like four five months like four four and a half months um because i think i originally started in january of 2016 but i don't think it got released until like early february i'd have to look at it because i originally had a soundcloud account where this show lived and then soundcloud realized you have to pay then i decided to go for another uh another podcast host instead that was free and i'm still using it because you know free um so how's it going everybody it's been uh yeah it's been about a week since I released an episode didn't release one last week and I apologize for that work has been insanely busy and by the time I get home I'm just exhausted it's been very exhausting lately it's just been go 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 life has just been insane and busy I feel like I've barely had time to even play any kind of arena let alone paper magic just feel like I've barely had any time to do anything uh, lately, and then I'm going on vacation. Uh, by the time this comes out, I'll be going on vacation next week, and I'm gonna be going to Las Vegas uh, with the wife, and super excited about that. Uh, we're gonna be celebrating 10 years married, and I just have to apologize to her for all those years of being with me because fuck, that's all I can say. Um, but no, we're we're super excited about it, and we actually did a little bit of shopping today just to you know get get some stuff ready and prepared and we're super psyched this will be um first vacation i've had this year and and by that i don't mean to make it sound like i go on luxury vacations all the time it's most most of the time my vacations end up just being at home just sort of taking like a week off and just doing nothing really this will be my first actual time off at all this year you know i think i've had a few pto days going back and forth i i think i've had a few pto days this year as far as work is concerned and but they've either been all staycations or just maybe a random day off here and there i've really just been working the bone working to the bone just this whole year and it's it's been crazy it's been insane um but it's been good it's been good uh so what else has been going on i i've got my cube almost ready i've got about hold on i've actually got a list of how many cards i have left that i need to get i've only got 26 cards left and they're all the really super expensive ones yeah i mean well not super expensive but just all the ones that are the most amount of money out of all to, all of them together and maybe after vegas i'll i'll buy them all and finally have my cube ready to go so yeah that i'm trying to think of what else been going on um not much 
I got the new Legend of Zelda game for the Switch. Well, I mean, not really new. It's a remake of Link's Awakening. And I've as a, by the time this comes out, I'll probably have beaten it already. But I got it yesterday, played it last night, played it a bunch this morning, played it a little bit this afternoon, and I'm near the end of the game already. Because uh, I've played this game, what, 50, 60 times? And I, if you're watching the video, I love this little amiibo here. The little Link's Awakening amiibo, because look how ridiculously cute that is. And, I mean, if you can't tell that I don't like Zelda, I mean, look, my shirt is, I'm wearing a Link to the Past shirt. It's, Zelda's probably one of my favorite video game franchises. It's like, it's like you know, I love all the Blizzard fan franchises. I love Legend of Zelda, you know, Mario and Final Fantasy. Those are like some of the top franchises that I love. You know, Warcraft, Starcraft, and all those. Um, love it all. And this game, this Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening game is really, really good. I will have to say, give, given a little mini review here, I know this is a Magic the Gathering podcast, but for it being a $60 game, it doesn't feel worth $60. It's For me, I don't mind spending the money because I absolutely love the game, but I really forgot how short the game is, and maybe it feels short because I know exactly everything and where to go and what to do and all that but for $60 this feels more like a 40 to $50 game may, may, may more $40 game than anything I mean unless they start adding new you know more stuff to it I mean I know they've got the create your own dungeon type thing but that's kind of eh. it so far from what I've tried out with it it's kind of meh it's not that exciting but anyways uh there's that uh, I guess let's get on with the magic arena state of the beta so, I mean, as we all know, Throne of Eldraine is coming out, and I, I mean, I've seen a lot of the cards, but I just haven't really sat down and really studied them, per se. Um, you know, I know I did some set reviews. I think I just did Guilds of Ravnica and Ravnica Allegiance. Uh, those were just very exhausting to do, and I just felt like the way I was doing them was just not exciting. I mean, I I did enjoy doing them, but it just didn't, and it was just a lot of work for very little payoff. I mean, it was just meh. And so, I, I mean, I don't know if I want to go and do some episodes where I think, uh, you know, maybe my top 10 favorite cards or something like that, or, you know, it, 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 you know let me know in the comments below, like, what you think, and you know, if I should do like a top 10 favorite Throne of Eldraine cards or something like that, it's just, I just really have to have time to study the cards and I just haven't, haven't really had the time to really sit down and just focus on it. But so State of Arena came out and they were really talking about rotation more than anything. They have this new event that is really, really, really cool. It's a play any deck standard event where they're going to be providing you access to play sets of every card in standard, which you can use to build and play any deck. And I, I really hate that the actual event is going to be happening while I'm in Vegas, so I won't be able to play it. But what's really cool is, you know, as you enter this event and you have a chance to win, um, you have a chance to win one copy of every card in standard, which is really awesome. 
you let's see the entry fee is nothing oh cool okay so cool so the entry fee is nothing but it looks like you can only enter it once from what i'm understanding here like it, when you lose that's it you can't go back and enter it again so it seems like in some of the some of the um oh man so i'm gonna miss the sleeve too the golden egg card sleeve yeah, because it's from the fifth to the seventh, and I won't be I won't be in town at all. Well, shit, that kind of sucks. So I mean, it, even if you lose, you get no wins. You get a golden egg card sleeve, and you get a rare uh, card, a rare uh, rare wild card. And then if you get up to twelve wins, you get one copy of every standard plus one sealed event token plus the card sleeve. I feel like that's pretty cool. That that's a really cool thing, and I hope they continue something like this for every rotation going forward because you know getting the chance to win a copy of every standard card is that that's that's just really awesome i when i played a lot of hearthstone and when hearthstone started doing rotation i don't remember them doing anything like that but some of the things with hearthstone was you could at least dust your cards to be able to build some of the new cards at least but i didn't like dusting cards because i also enjoyed playing wild uh, which was, you know, which is Magic's equivalent of legacy uh, format. So they also announced the new Eldraine set mastery and the new pet. Oh my God, it's a freaking little fox. Now I liked the 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 fire cat, but it it was kind of boring to look at. Like it didn't it didn't look very detailed. Um, after a while, especially the 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 rare one with the wings and all that. I I don't care for. It. I really liked the the common one the the first one that you get and i wish you could go back and you know choose okay i want the common looking one instead of the rare one to show off but you know the fox is pretty cute it's a pretty cute face and then you also get the the seb mckinnon sleeve art uh you know with the castle in the distance with the magic the gathering logo uh shape so that's really cool with it and i know i'm gonna buy the the mastery pass because that's what I did for course at 2020 it's um you know it's just standard for me to have it oh and I think what else did they mention I mean they they sort of went into what standard rotation is going to be uh Ixalan through oh wait Ixalan through uh M19 are going away and I'm definitely going to miss Dominaria a lot I should do, um, I you know, I haven't done one of those episodes in forever. I used to do episodes, whenever Rotation would come out, I used to do, like, sort of a farewell episodes to some of my favorite cards that were uh, in standard. You know, I should do another episode like that, try to figure out what were some of my favorite cards in, during that standard, because Dominaria, oh my gosh, I'm going to miss that set. That has been one of my favorite sets in the past few years you know the Ravnica sets were good the, the three Ravnica sets were good I, there were a lot of cards that I really liked but Dominaria was god that was like going home again oh it was so good I'm excited about Throne of Eldraine because all the a, a lot of the art is just fantastic and all the fairy tale stuff the power level of Throne of Eldraine I don't know to me doesn't seem that crazy it definitely feels a little bit powered down and maybe that's what standard needs right now is not a super powerful set um 
Now, not to say that there aren't powerful cards in there, but when I look at something like Guilds and Ravnica Allegiance, those were like powerhouses. And even War of the Spark, War of the Spark completely changed the game with all the Planeswalkers in there. <laughs> Excuse me. But then, you know, we have Theros and Icor Icoria, and then Corset 2021 to look forward to as well. Yeah, I mean, there's just a lot of new stuff that I just... I haven't even really talked about. Oh, yeah, and Zendikar's coming out this time next year as well, too. Another Zendikar set. I don't know how I feel about that. I feel like we were just in Zendikar uh, with Battle for Zendikar, which was, what, 2015? And weren't we just in Battle for Zendikar 2015? When did Battle for Zendikar come out? Hold on. Was it 2015 or 2016? Oh, holy shit, it was 2015, so it was, it's going to be five years ago. Holy shit, it's really going to be five years ago when the new Zendikar set comes out. Oh my god, I swear, it feels like it was just yesterday. Um, Not that Battle for Zendikar, well, I mean, Battle for Zendikar was kind of meh. The, the draft environment was very either allies or Eldrazi. And green was terrible. I, I completely remember green being almost unplayable in draft. And then when um, Oath of the Gate Watch came out, green was at least a little bit better. Well, actually, it was way better than compared to just triple battle. And I don't, th those two sets were very meh. Like, just when you look at the original Zendikar, then you went to battle. It wasn't that great. So... I'm not that excited about the new Zendikar. I mean, I don't know. I mean, we're not going to have any Eldrazi, I assume, because they killed Ulamog and Kozilek, and Emrakul's trapped in the moon right now in the story, which you know Emrakul's going to come back at some point. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, we'll have to wait and see. So there were some other uh, announcements made, um, I think, a week before this article came out because I did have an episode talking about that Magic Arena has a historic problem. They did fix the one issue with wild cards for for historic cards costing two times the cost of wild cards and it looks like they're still trying to figure out a way of how to inject older cards into historic. They haven't completely announced what they're going to be doing. I still really disagree with the original announcement of them just adding random cards like Brainstorm or Dark Confidant or Worm Coil and, and I don't think that's a good way to do it. Just start adding old sets because I, as a whale, will gladly buy those old sets for it, you know. So, I mean, that is one good thing. They are going to be having historic play be available all the time, but I think they said that they're not going to be having ranked historic play all the time which that to me doesn't make any sense why not have it why not have historic ranked play all the time because they could almost do it something and correct me if i'm wrong here but if i remember correctly with hearthstone there's I think you have two different ranking systems, wild and standard, and you can sort of go back and forth between the two. You could be, you know, platinum and wild, but only bronze and, uh, wait, no, they don't do ranks like that in Hearthstone anymore. It's a, it's all levels, right? Like the, you get up to level 20 or rank 20, I think in, 
in Hearthstone. You know, you, you could be rank one in Wild and rank ten in Standard for Hearthstone. So, um, you know, why not just do something like that? Just have two different ranks. It, th- see, this is the thing that I think that Magic Arena, real that Wizards needs to start doing is really just sort of like Magic Online, right? You know, just have okay. Here's all the options you have. Boom, play. You know, if they're worried about splitting the player base, Magic Arena is getting more and more and more popular, and it's officially coming out with Throne of Eldraine. So why not just keep, you know, just give everybody the choices, and then you can use that data and correlate, okay, this is how many people are playing ranked historic. This is how many people are playing ranked standard, and try to push it from there. If ranked historic and regular rank and regular historic play see nothing then you know do what you will with it but give people the option for it um i don't know that that's just just my sort of two cents about it um i know i'll definitely be playing historic for i'll be playing both historic and standard and definitely brawl the little brawl event they had i had a really good time that two lane deck um, I'm actually going to be buying that in paper because Chulain was so much fun. So much fun to play. That was my favorite one out of the four Brawl Commanders. Uh, Chulain wasn't the best one, but that was my most favorite one. Uh, most favorite, yes. Um, but the the Jund, the Jund Dragon, I forget their name. Oh, I can't remember it now. But that was a pretty cool sacrifice deck. That I could see that being pretty fun too. Uh, I will definitely be building Chulain in EDH for sure. I've been looking for a good Bant commander that wasn't Derevi. And uh, I, I, I just haven't been able to find a Bant commander that excites me. And Chulain definitely excites me because I like card draw and I like ramp. So, uh, they also talk about the renewal rewards. I'm still trying to understand the renewal rewards. So, let me just read it here. Treats to share. September 26th also means that renewal is here. This means it's almost time for presents and additional play rewards as we venture forth into the new standard meta. Renewal gift. Eligible players will receive 10 rare or higher individual card rewards from standard sets, guilds, or Ravnica forward when you log in after the Throne of Eldrin game update. As with other rare uh, ICRs, they may upgrade to a mythic rare at approximately 1 to 8 ratio. Renewal rewards. Eligible players will receive additional rewards for the first 25 levels of the Eldraine set mastery for a total of 14 uh, booster packs of Throne of Eldraine, 2 mastery orbs, 4 standard booster packs, and 10 uncommon ICRs. Oh, that's it. That's the renewal rewards. That's that little egg that I've been waiting to click on. All players who create their account prior to the fall set rotation will be eligible, so don't let the clock strike midnight. Or, or scheduled maintenance time before playing Magic Arena. I mean, it's cool. I, I just, so you're not getting them all at once. It's just with, it sounds like it's with the free set mastery. Like if you don't get the mastery pass, I guess. I don't know. Maybe. Uh, the one, the, the other thing I want to talk about is they're finally talking about some of the features that are coming out with Magic Green. Now that it's officially releasing with Throne of Eldraine, uh, some of the stuff that are coming soon, a friends list, finally. So I know in one of the closed betas that I was a part of, what, last year, they did have a, like, 
they did have a friends list on there. You couldn't add or do anything with it, but they had the concept of a friends list, so I'm glad it's finally coming together for that. And Constructed Brawl is coming next month as well, too. Thank you. Oh my gosh, because I like Standard, don't get me wrong, but I mean, Standard right now in M20 is kind of meh. And with Rotation, Rotation's always an exciting time with new Standard, obviously. And then Historically, you know, but there's definitely times where I've really enjoyed Singleton in Arena, but now with Brawl, with the closest commander variant that I'm going to get in Magic Arena, I'm super excited about it. Um, so, And then we've got Friends Messaging, which is in development, which is cool. Mac OS, so I can play on my MacBook if I want to and not be stuck at my computer. And then they talk about the two other sets that are in development, Theros and Ikoria, which, you know, we know. The Historic Cards, which... I they haven't they don't really mention what they're going to be doing yet with historic cards. Also, Magic Arena is coming to the Epic Game Store, which I don't have that launcher yet, and I need to get it because apparently right now, as of this recording, all the Batman games, uh, the the Arkham series and the Lego Batman games are free, and I should go do this after I'm done recording this podcast. And then new event types, and then in concept. This is where things get really, really, really cool. In concept, cube draft. Oh my gosh. Now, when at first when I first read that, I was super excited. But if it's anything, it's gonna be like Magic Online's cube drafting, which isn't bad. I'm I'm not I'm not knocking that, but if this is a sort of concept to where I can build my own cube in Magic Arena and maybe share with my friends to draft, oh, Oh my gosh, Magic Arena might become my favorite game of all time, if that were to happen. If I could build my own cube, and then me and my friends draft it, I, I, I don't feel like I'd be playing much else. I'd probably just be playing Brawl or anything, but oh man, that'll be so much fun. Uh, friend deck sharing, which is, I mean, I don't, did they even really mention what that might be? Friend deck sharing? <laughs> I mean, maybe you just share, like, let's say that I build, you know, a really cool deck. Okay, well, that that might be a cool thing. So if I, me and my friend are playing with each other, maybe my friend doesn't have, you know, they don't have all the cards of a certain deck they want to play, but I do. And I'll just be like, here you go. You can share it. Boom. There you go. Um, and then that's really, and then they talk about the other two sets that are in concept right now too. So, I mean, we know that's coming. Uh, so that's really exciting. And then it looks like they're also... Okay, so Magic Arena Beyond Launch. Uh, Magic Arena will go to more platforms. Epic Games for Mac OS. Yeah, we know that. There are... We're always working internally on lots of additional features we want in the game too. Pod drafts. Ooh! actual pod drafts because that would actually get me wanting to draft in Magic Arena because I will tell you right now I do not like limited in Magic Arena at all but the booster draft it's not drafting at all to me it's it's bot drafting and I'm not a fan of that at all spectating that's cool date that that'll be good for the esport uh for it four player formats okay four player brawl and that means we could eventually get some commander going on in Magic Arena. Oh, that'll be awesome. 
Uh, also, and before we forget, this does mean this is your last chance to earn your gift for participating in our open beta. Create your account before September 26th, or your present will get totally lost. So you're going to get a totally lost avatar or something? That's cool. So, yeah, that that's really the state of the beta. It's They've definitely got some exciting things going on. It, I feel like this is where magic needs to be, and this was something that I talked about very early on in my podcast, where... Magic Online does its job good enough. And Magic Online right now for me is just for Commander, really. It's not really for anything else. I don't even play Popper on it really anymore. Um, but Arena, you know, it, it, it's there's a lot of stuff lacking with it, obviously. Uh, you know, there's still some bug fixes that it needs because there's so many slowdowns with it standard it's just mainly standard and limited but now with the advent of adding historic on there which i hope they really don't screw that up with brawl i know i'm going to be playing so much brawl um and then the possibility of cube draft and then with all the just everything coming out with it this is this is exactly where the digital arena of magic arena needs to go to and this just makes me excited for the future of magic right now especially in the digital atmosphere the paper portion of magic is i still don't really have any desire to play standard at all on paper or any really any competitive format it's still mainly just cube and edh so yeah, it that's um oh, and that's another thing I should mention. I completely forgot. Um well, by the time this episode comes out, it's going to be all over. So, uh when this episode comes out, I was a part of the early access streamer event. And yeah, you can watch or maybe you watched me as you're listening or watching this. And so, yeah, I'll probably be playing with Pixie Kitten from Tin Street Hooligans and just as she completely myrtleizes my face. That was not very fun uh, during the Magic 2020 uh, streamer event. She, I could not beat her no matter what deck I played. She just ruined my life. But it was fun. It was it was fun times. So yeah, uh, by the time this episode's out, I've already have played in that. So I'm really good at uh you know planning a lot of this stuff. All right, that's enough talk for me. Uh, let's get into the mailbag portion of the episode. And yeah, I, I really like the a lot of the questions that I got here. Uh, some really good stuff. And thank you all for providing a lot of these questions here. Uh, very, very appreciated. So my buddy Total MTG, let's start off with him. He asks, if you could go back to the day where you decided to make content, would it still be Magic the Gathering or would you now choose something different if you could? So I know, I mean, I've had this YouTube channel forever. Uh, pretty much since 2005 and you know I can remember my friends and I making videos in high school and shit if we had ways to upload videos back then we I, it would have been on YouTube and all that so I know I originally tried my hand at doing StarCraft content mainly StarCraft streaming on Justin TV and then later Twitch and just I I really wish I would have decided on a podcast earlier. I could have done a podcast with StarCraft, uh, especially StarCraft. That would have been a lot of fun. I think I would have really enjoyed that. And I feel if I would have started with a podcast with StarCraft back then, it probably would have morphed into something all Blizzard 
consuming because I could definitely see myself doing a podcast of just talking about the Blizzard franchise with StarCraft Diablo and, and especially World of Warcraft. So that would probably have what I would have chosen back then. Uh, do I regret choosing Magic Gathering? No, because I've met a lot of good friends and some lifelong friends doing this as well too. So it's been it's been a lot of fun doing it. So if I could go back to the day where I decided to make content, I mean, when I decided to make content for Magic the Gathering, I don't know if I would have chosen something else. Maybe I would have chosen D&D also a little bit earlier because when I first started making when I first got back into Magic the Gathering I had not really touched D&D I tried to play a little bit of 4th edition I, I liked it but I it was hard to find games for it and I didn't have any interest in playing 3rd edition or 3.5 because that's where a lot of people were playing in and then before that I'd only ever played 2nd edition and then I played my homebrew RPG that my friends and I made for a long time and then I didn't get into 5th edition D&D until, what, 2017, I want to say? And I and I wasn't, like, interested in making content for D&D back then. I was just wanting to play it. And now that I'm playing it more, I do want to try to make more content. But it's, uh, it's you, you know, it was sort of that thing I think I mentioned in the last episode where I feel like you only have so much bandwidth on what you can and can't do and what you should and should not focus on. You know, if I had the time, I'd probably have an equal amount of RPG Companion and Magic Wazubi episodes. Well, you know, trying to do at least both of them once a week, but I just don't have the time for it. And I could make the time, but then something else would suffer in my life, and I don't want that to happen. Um, so, I mean, when I first think about when I first started streaming, this was what, back in 2011, 2012? I think I probably I should have probably thought about a podcast back then because I've been listening to podcasts forever now and yeah um all right the next question is from JJ Freeze who was just recently on the show the content creator awards definitely check it out look at the kickstarter for uh could you give a rundown of people you've interviewed on your show in the past why yes I actually could I actually went through every single episode I've ever done and actually wrote down the episode number and who it was and you know I'm gonna go through this list here real quick it's quite a lot of people um, and we'll just start from the top here episode 6 I had Bryce Jeffcoat of Magic the Gathering or MTG the Parenting which is a podcast uh, I don't think it's around anymore uh, I had him on episode 6 to talk about Magic Finance uh, just to really discuss what is magic finance and why do people do it and all that kind of stuff. Uh, episode 10, I had my first Magic the Gathering judge on there. They did not want to give out their name, and I'm still not going to give out his name uh, for it, but we're just really talking about what does a judge do and how do you become a judge and all that. Then episodes 11 and 12, I had my good buddy Alec the Cleric, who was for formerly Alec the Dirtle. Uh, then episode 16 had one of my first sort of pro players on uh jading clomperens who is now working for wizards of the coast then episode 19 i had emma handy uh she's become 
very popular. Uh, not saying that she wasn't popular back in episode 19, but since then she has blown up tremendously. Uh, then episode 20, I had a local uh, EDH player on named Emery, who was pretty well known in the community. I don't think he plays Magic at all anymore. Uh, episode 21, I had Alec the Dirtle on again. Episode 24, I had Todd Stevens. This was... This was back in 2016, so this is before all the drama and all the shit that happened with him. Uh, I won't really get into that. Uh, episode 27 had Alec the Dirtle again. Episode 28 had Mrs. Mulligan, who was a Magic the Gathering streamer. I actually recently played some EDH with her a couple months ago, just in a random game. She wasn't streaming or anything, and... Um, so that that was actually a funny story about that episode. So that episode, we recorded it and it was it was like over a two hour episode and it was such a good interview. Really, really, really good. Then when I hit stop for the recording, the the recording completely got screwed up and I could not recover it at all. I tried every single program I could. So we rescheduled did another interview and the interview that you all hear now if you go back to episode 28 it's not that it's bad it just wasn't as good as the first one and i felt so bad for wasting her time for the first time and i i, I still feel bad about it today but she i don't think she streams too much now but i really enjoyed having her on as well too uh, episodes 32 and 33 had alec the dirtle again uh, 38, episode 38, had a local pro in the Tampa Bay area, John Cuvelier, um, who I think is still, I think he's still grinding away in magic, uh, last I saw. Uh, episode 42 had Knife from If Lands Could Kill. It's not that the podcast still isn't around, it's just a very, the podcast doesn't release too often, and I wish they would, because I love that podcast. Uh, episode 44 had a local LGS owner named Dave, and he what he his LGS is no longer open, unfortunately. But this that LGS in the local area was one of the best LGSs I've ever been to, and such a really good guy. Uh, episode 49 had my buddy Corey, who created the intro music and the idea for this podcast. Uh, he he created both sets of intro music. Uh, episode 50 had Alec the Dirtle on again. Episode 51 had Chris from the Girlfriend Bracket. Uh, they. I don't think they really do any magic content creation anymore. They still play, but they were a really cool guest to have on at the time. Uh, episode 53 had Mike and Adrian from Color Commentary, which was a popper podcast. I think they ended their podcast earlier this year or late last year. I don't think, I know I still see them on Twitter every so often, so I don't think they're around too much anymore. Or as far as content creation goes, if they are, I'm. Sorry, I'm completely wrong on that. Uh, episode 55 had Mark from Life Begins at 20, who is now back into uh, magic content creation, which is really good to see him back. Uh, episode 56 had my buddy Total MTG. Uh, episode 61 had Feline Longmore. Uh, they they were best known. They were sort of a pro player on the Star City circuit. Uh, they were best known for playing High Tide in Legacy. Uh, episode 63 and 64 had Alec the Dirtle on there. Episode 65 had Jeff Hoagland. 
Uh, episode 87, uh, quite a jump there, had Randy and Paul from Breakfast with Nerds, a smaller Magic the Gathering uh, YouTube channel, which they are no longer around anymore. I still see them on Twitter, but uh, I, yeah, they stopped making content a while ago. Episode 91 was my Grand Prix Atlanta special, and I that was you know recording live there and i managed to snag you know little snippet interviews with aaron campbell uh from magic mics uh randy gallegos uh who's a magic artist and noah bradley who is a magic artist as well episode 92 had t1 glistener elf who i haven't seen him make magic content in a while on youtube but he's still there uh, has made some pretty funny videos in the past. Episode 93 had Brian Oxier of We Meet in a Tavern, a D&D actual play podcast, who is at also a Magic player. That was sort of probably one of my first D&D interviews, uh, but it was I also tried to make Magic, you know, get combined in there as well, too. Episode 101 had the professor from Tolarian Community College. Episode 102 had Ted and Michael from Cardsphere. Yeah, I told you, it's a lot, it's a lot, it's a long list here. Uh, episode 103 had this one guy named John Dunning from They Said We Said. I don't know who that is. Uh, I don't remember. Episode 106 had Total MTG again. Episode 108 had Alec the Dirtle or Alec the Cleric on there. 109 had Life Begins at 20 again. 110 had Air Bubbles cosplay. She does mainly Destiny and Magic the Gathering cosplay. Uh, she was a really cool person. Episode 111 had this guy named Coach from the Card Bazaar. I don't really know who that is either. Episode 112 was my Grand Prix Dallas special from last year, and I managed to get little snippets of interviews with Randy Gallegos again, and then Andrea, my buddy Andrea, uh, who's also a Zopi. Uh, who does a lot of cosplay of like Nissa and Cabal uh, Therapist or Cabal um, it's not Cabal Therapist is it? It's no Braids, Cabal Minion oh my god it's getting a little bit late for me here <laughs> uh, next episode 115 Albie MTG who's still you know going strong with Magic the Gathering content episode 116 Tappy Toe Claws Sydney a co- really popular cosplayer in Magic uh, then 122 had Kendra Smith, the Maverick girl, uh, who is pretty well known in the popper community and just recently did um, some popper community cup or something. She was one of the commentators of it. Uh, episode 123 had Sung from Pure MTGO. I don't know if they are doing much magic writing now, but at the time they were. Uh, episode 137, Brett from Kitchen Table Commander, really cool magic YouTuber. Episode 138 was Tasty Snackies, who isn't really doing magic content anymore, but has done some pretty funny meme videos in the past. Episode 139, some guy named Johnny Slivers from 10 Street Hooligans. I don't really know who that is. We're getting there. We're almost done. 142 had Spencer Hallen of uh, Constructed Criticism. Episode 143 had Jake Boss of MTG Tonight who is now the one of the editors for the Command Zone or uh, Game Nights, one of them. Episode 157 had Alec the Cleric again. Episode 158, some guy named Jason Alt from a podcast called Bra- Brainstorm Brewery, I guess. Episode 159, someone named Pixie Kitten. 
from Pixie Kitten Plays, and I don't really know who that is. Episode 160 is MTG Sickly. This was earlier this year. Uh, Jordan from MTG Sickly. I don't know if they're really doing magic content anymore. Episode 166, uh, Michael Sun Mercurio Blue, who is a arena streamer. Episode 167, some guy named John Dunning. Uh, 168 had a Ruben Wrestler. Uh, for Magic Mike's uh, 170, Lady Lavinius, a Magic Arena streamer. 171, Michelle Sutterfield, who was who was the Watsy influence manager. And then 172, some guy named JJ Freeze. No, no. So I did a little uh, tallying of, you know, who's made repeat appearances and how many times they showed up. So John Dunning, Total MTG, and Life Begins at 20 all have been on the podcast twice. And I need to really start going back and trying to get some of these people on the show again because I'd love to have them on again and then this the guy Alec the Dirtle or Alec the Cleric has been on 11 times so he is the current reigning champ of the show as far as returning guests goes uh, list your favorite content creators focusing on your favorite content not favorite people so is it's not specifying magic because you know I don't just watch magic content creators uh, if I were to look at my list of just who I'm subscribed to on YouTube, as far as some of my favorite content creators go, um, Love Carbot Animations makes some awesome Blizzard animations. Uh, let's see, Grand Pooh Bear, one of my favorite Mario Maker streamers. I, I mainly watch his YouTube channel because it, he, he just seems like a cool dude. And my God, some of the levels he plays and some and some of the the rom hacks he plays for mario is just insane uh matt colville for uh for D stuff you know tabletop rpgs let's see who else totally not mark for some cool anime stuff especially dragon ball i'm looking through my list here do 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 mega 64 I love that podcast. Uh, Lindsay Ellis, she makes some amazing essay videos. Do trying to say like the, I'm I'm just trying to find people that I like. Whenever they come out with a video, I sit down. Oh yeah, Red Letter Media. How could I forget about them? Every new video they come out with is um just really good. So there's also another content creator that I like on on YouTube and I will say their content is definitely not PC um it's extremely fucked up <laughs> but it's done in a way that's just really 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 crazy funny um but they have not made content in about a year but the the content creator's name is ruby dog 189 ruby dog movies and the earlier stuff was definitely really fucked up um like seriously messed up but some of the even some of the the quote-unquote newer stuff was just really funny i, I i'm almost kind of sad that they stopped making content because i think they had a lot of potential for it because their brand of comedy especially the newer stuff and by newer I mean stuff that's six years or newer was definitely you, you could see where they're trying to form their sort of humor for because the earlier stuff was just completely straight up messed up 
but um it, they 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 haven't made a video in a year or so and they they were really funny so those are some of my favorite just overall content creators now when it comes to magic the gathering um i will say i honestly don't watch a whole lot of magic the gathering content anymore um i don't really listen to podcasts too much anymore um as far as magic the gathering because i'm just so you know involved with it now that you know i i feel like I, I don't know since I'm so ingrained in you know magic and D&D stuff I don't even watch a whole lot of it anymore so yeah if I did have to choose some of my favorite magic the gathering content creators it's gonna be I I, I don't know it, it, it's hard to say I would just have to say all the Tinch Tree hooligans those are my absolute favorites and then total MTG and life begins at 20 you know I I mean, I, I know that's kind of not the best answer, but those are like my absolute favorites. Um, you know, favorite cosplayer is Zopi, Andrea, uh, the Magic Gathering cosplayer. But other than that, it's I, I don't really watch a whole lot of Magic content anymore. And, and that's what kind of sucks. I wish I had time to, you know. Um, I try to make an effort to watch some of it like i'll try to make an effort to watch newer content creators when i see them if i see they have potential where you where you see someone make videos and you're like oh yeah they're gonna blow up you know for sure um all right uh what's your go-to karaoke song i don't even remember the last time i did karaoke i don't know carry on my wayward son favorite book of the hobbit harry potter fan I'm a fan of the books, but I'm not fan. I'm not that big a fan of the movies. the 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 look of the movies are fantastic. The actual movies themselves, they have they bastardize the Harry Potter books. Now the um the 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 new the Fantastic Beast movies, I enjoy those. They're okay. Um, but you know they're they're just okay. So yeah, I, I wouldn't call myself a Harry Potter like huge fan. I'm a fan of the books, but everything else like meh. If it's not really book, if it's not really the books, I don't really care. Uh, Ted from Cardsphere asks, "When do you want? When do you want to play Magic: The Gathering versus D and D? When do I want to play Magic versus D and D? Um, so D and D, I DM a lot. I, I only right now I'm only down to two games a week." Uh, one I'm a player and one I'm a DM. I definitely like DMing more than playing. I think when it, when it comes to Magic, where I just sort of want to relax and just have a good time and play some EDH or maybe like a draft or cube or something with some friends. D and D uh, when I'm DMing, it's a lot more mental prep for it because I have you know I, I do a, I like doing a lot of world building and all that kind of stuff then I have to sort of think of okay I have a general idea of where I want the campaign to go and then as I'm DMing it's I have to keep on task for everybody I got to keep on track for everybody so that that's I, I hope hopefully that answers it are you happy that Watsi ended up owning TSR would uh am I happy that Watsi ended up owning TSR so I, I was pretty young when that whole thing went down. 
um, when Watsy ended up getting TSR. So I don't even remember, and I was not even really playing D and D when, because I, if I remember correctly, Watsy, like the first edition that Watsy owned or that Watsy came out with with D and D, I think was third edition, if I remember correctly, because I just bought the art book and I remember just reading it and. I ho- hopefully that art book was right because um, all I remember what I remember the most about D&D especially back then was I read a lot of the books back then too like the Dragonlance and um, you know Forgotten Realms and all that too and I don't I, I, don't, I don't remember much uh, I mean I, I don't know too much about the TSR company off the top of my head. Like, were they hemorrhaging money? Were they did they need to get bought out? I mean, I feel like Watsy now with Fifth Edition is doing a great job with D and D. Am I happy about every single choice? Not really, because I'd wish they did a Dragonlance book. I wish they st- still kept on releasing Dragonlance novels, but you know, that's probably the only thing I don't like about it. Would you like to see more or less crossover? More. I want more crossover between Magic and D&D. I want there to be a Forgotten Realms or Dragonlance inspired magic set. And I want there to be more magic campaign books like Guildmaster's Guide to Ravnica. Wanna, and I'm not even a huge fan of Ravnica, but just what they did for that book is I see the potential of them doing something else like that for, say, Dominaria, right? Or Zendikar. Uh, or Innistrad, you know, they're really popular planes. I, I want to see more. Which D&D setting would make the best plane for Magic the Gathering? Um, I want to say Dragonlance, but I know Forgotten Realms would be a better plane. My heart says Dragonlance, my brain says uh, Forgotten Realms. What's my middle name? I don't think I really want to give that out. I mean, if you search Magic Wazubi, you can probably find it. Uh, do you like stuff? No, I don't like stuff. Uh, Project MTG asks least and most favorite things about content creating content least favorite thing is the marketing aspect of it and I suck at it because and here's the thing here's the thing and this is probably going to sound like bitching and complaining right but I see some things with other content creators and I just I feel like I have an understanding of what to do to become like a bigger content creator but I just sometimes I don't know the ways to go about it or what properly to do or I'll have a good idea and, and start trying to implement it but then I forget about it because I get so busy with life uh, let take patreon for example here right um I like I struggle to understand why I don't have more patrons and, and tr- I'm not trying to sound like I'm begging or anything but it's it's strange because I know like I see the numbers of the downloads and I see the reception and all that I get and it's really good and then I just don't understand why sometimes that doesn't translate into patrons and so I get really confused and then I see other content creators and and I'm not trying to say like oh their content's bad or anything but then I also kind of wonder like well what the heck are they doing that I'm not doing and then I'll take a look at their Twitter their other social media and I'm like I'm kind of doing the same stuff I don't understand and maybe it's just me you know so that that's one of the least things I don't like because and maybe because I don't have that mindset or I just don't understand why maybe I need someone who understands more of the marketing aspect of it and just try to figure out why and 
then there's times where I just don't have time to figure all that out. My most favorite thing about creating content is this right here, actually making it. I don't, I don't really like the editing. I, I think it's the recording part that I enjoy the most. Something you wish people knew about content creation. It is, I mean, when I had that one episode, the and even when I wrote that article, The Other Side of Content Creation, it there is stuff that you have to understand that there are going to be people, say you and your friend both start making content, whatever it may be, start making YouTube videos, podcasts, articles, whatever. There are going to be times when there are people that start at the same time as you and they're going to shoot off into the stars and you're going to be stuck at where you at and you're not going to go anywhere. And that happens. And there are times where that really fucks with you, right? There are times where you're just like, and just like I was saying before, like Patreon, right? You're, you're going to be stuck. Uh, my YouTube channel, for instance, right? I can't gain like any subscribers at all. Like nothing. It's, it's been stuck where it is for like a year. And I don't know what to do to get more. Right. And there, there are times like, you know, I start looking up stuff, you know, I, I almost have this theory of since I created this channel back in 2005, maybe there's something with the age of my channel that YouTube is just like, nah, fuck that guy compared to someone who makes a brand new channel. Then I see them blowing up to a thousand and five thousand, ten thousand. And you're just like, what the fuck? Right. Um, and and I, I've said this before. I know my content isn't the most you know, compatible with everyone out there. I, I get that. I understand that. But there are things that you have to understand that you're just not, there, there are going to be times where you're going to be completely stuck. There are going to be times where you're probably, there's a good chance you may not go anywhere with it, right? You want it to grow. You want it to blow up and grow big and all that. But you know what? There's a shot or there's a chance that that may not happen no matter what you do, right? You may think you're doing everything right, but you could still fail. And it's, probably one of the most frustrating things ever it really is it's so frustrating when that shit happens so yeah that's something i wish people knew more about content creation uh johnny slivers uh some guy from tinstry hooligans i don't really know who that is why do you think star wars is better than star trek the next generation because it's not jack Patton, uh who uh, i was on his podcast earlier this year um, who would be your biggest get for the show that you haven't had on yet? So for the Magic the Gathering part, uh, just Magic with Zuby, I would love to have Mark Rosewater on. That would probably be my biggest get for the show is having him on. Um, my God, I'd love to pick his brain. J just about the design of Magic the Gathering and just like why did they make some of the cards they did or you know some of the sets and just just sort of the, the process of how they even come up with all this too and i know there's a whole bunch of articles and interviews with that already but you know i'd love to have them on uh for the D, &D side uh it would be i always mess up his name uh i think you pronounce it it'd be joe manganello uh the guy from true blood and who is also i think I think his D&D &D, uh, company is called Death Savings Throw. Uh, would love to have him. He'd be my biggest kid. Like, I, I'd 
I have a man crush on that guy. Uh, what MTG content do you wish existed? I don't know. What magic content do I wish existed? I I really don't know. I I, I don't have an answer for that because I can't think of anything that I've gone out there and tried to search for and they didn't have. I don't know. Um, Kevin asks, how do you feel about Arena adding historical cards to the game? So far, I've seen Iona and Grizzlebrand in the Momir event. So yeah, that is something that did happen. So they have the Momir event right now. And they have been testing adding older cards to the Momir event, such as Iona and Grizzlebrand. For that, something like that for Momir, I'm okay with. But right now the way that they've so far announced how they're going to be adding historical cards like i've said before the random brainstorm or dark confidant or worm coil engine i'm not a fan of that they just need to add older sets i don't like that uh alex asks when the new six edition rules came into effect were you for or against the stack rules so there's a little history lesson for you alex i first started playing magic the gathering back in urza's and i was a little kid i think i was like nine or ten and I'm pretty sure at the time, I remember, I can vividly remember Mana Burn, but I honestly don't remember the stack. Especially, and I know I was playing during 6th edition rules, but I have to, I didn't have an LGS to play in. It was just playing kitchen table magic, right? I'm pretty sure even when we were playing when 6th edition came out, we didn't even play with the stack or anything. I don't even remember how we played honestly so I can't say I was for or against it because I honestly just don't remember <laughs> that that's it all right so Daniel asks how did you start playing Magic the Gathering uh if you've listened to my show before uh I've told this story before I started playing in Urza Saga uh back and there was only this little store that had you know when sports cards were big at the time uh you know baseball basketball football and I remember they had this little booster display of Urza Saga and I either begged my mom to buy some of the booster packs or I bought some with my allowance. And that was the thing back then where I, I love telling the story of they didn't have, you know, any of the intro decks or anything like that. So it was really hard to get basic lands at the time. I would have to trade for basic lands because there, there was nothing to allow us to get basic lands or anything like that. Uh, so yeah, that's how I started playing back in Urza Saga. Uh, what's my favorite color? Blue. Uh, really easy to answer because I love playing control. Uh, should wizards add another color in the future? So if wizards were to add another color in the future, I think they should do it in a way for something similar to what they did for waste in Oath of Oath of the Gatewatch where it was just a one set thing and that's it. So if they added another color, um, I feel like they should do it that way for one set and that's it, N nothing else because, God, you're looking at com almost sort of like completely changing a lot of stuff with it because what would the color even be? How, how would it react? And what else could you add to the color pie that would sort of make it work you know I mean I'm sure there's designers out there that could think of a whole bunch of stuff way better than I can but I don't know I don't think I like the idea of them adding another color permanently for a set yes th that 
that I'd be fine with. And last but certainly not least question, does Wizards care about the LGS? I would have to say so. Uh, I just saw an article, I didn't read too much about it, but I thought I saw something straight from Wizards website to where you could apply to get, you know, like some grant money or some funds from Wizard uh, to help spruce up your LGS, maybe get it up to code or add some stuff to it. And if they are, and if I was reading it correctly and they're doing that, you know, that to me does tell me that Wizards does care about the LGS and they do want LGSs to succeed because, you know, whether you want to believe it or not, paper is still really important to Wizards and they still need places to play for it because FNM is still pretty big. You know, it may vary depending on your location. You know, your FNM may not even be non your FNM in your location may be non-existent, but it's still there. Right. Um, and I can't see them doing away with paper magic anytime soon and even wanting to get rid of the idea of LGSs now. I do think in the near future that there's going to come a point where there's going to be some company where I think it's maybe something like GameStop where they're going to create corporate LGSs where there's going to be the LGSs because right now LGSs for the most part are just all small time businesses, right? Um, there's a few of them out there that are really big, but some of them, the majority of them are just small business owners. Um, they're, and I feel it is ripe for the taking from some corporation that there's going to be a corporation that's going to corporatize the LGS experience in some point. And I'm not a fan of that, but I think it's bound to happen because board game playing is getting bigger. D&D playing is getting bigger. I mean, D&D in my LGS right now is becoming bigger this past year. It's becoming more and more prevalent. Um, so I definitely see that happening in some point in time. So, yeah, I think Wizards does care about the LGS, but do they care about the small business owners of LGS maybe another story I think they do but like I said it's ripe for the taking from a corporation so I think that about does it I think that's that's the end of the episode here um just want to thank you all for listening and watching and you know have a great time doing these kind of episodes I, I want to try to try to do these more often I mean I have so many freaking ideas for the show I want to do it's just it's hard to get them all out there um so yeah, uh, just to reiterate here, uh, Magic Zuby can be found on the following on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio. Uh, you can reach me at facebook.com slash magicwithzuby, on Twitter at magicwithzuby, on Instagram at magic underscore with underscore zuby. You can email me with any questions you may have at mtgzuby at gmail.com. And you can... Yeah, oh, you can also look at the show's Patreon at patreon.com slash magicwithzuby. And also, don't I have a Throne of Eldraine bundle giveaway going on in my Twitter and Facebook right now. Uh, I'll put a link in the show notes here. And yeah, be sure to enter that and, you know, you have a chance of winning. It's open worldwide to anybody. And yeah, that about does it. Uh, just want to thank you all for coming to listen, watch, and have a great night, all right? <laughs>